Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out the other podcast we have available. If uh, you like public domain uh, TV shows and movies, though mainly TV shows right now uh, featuring great detectives, be sure and check out Public Domain Video Theater, videotheater.greatdetectives.net, and you can be subscribed to receive uh, a public domain video with commentary uh, generally about every two weeks. So just go to videotheater.greatdetectives.net. You can also check out the amazing world of radio, amazing.greatdetectives.net, where we'll be airing the series that is did by our Patreon supporters for our summer series. And you can also listen to past series, such as The Summer of Bogart. Check out my newest podcast, the Classy Comics Podcast at ClassyComicsGuy.com, where we are searching for the finest comics in the universe. All right, well, now it's time for today's episode of Man from Homicide, the original air date, August the 20th of 1951, and this one is the Wee Willie Baines case. Stay tuned for The Man from Homicide. Henry J. Taylor, author, journalist, and ABC commentator, whose commentaries on world events are heard each Monday evening on ABC, is on a fact-finding tour of European countries. Periodically, Mr. Taylor takes trips abroad to examine activities at first hand and to get his own reactions. During the weeks he's in Europe, his Monday evening commentary, Your Land and Mine, will be broadcast each week from a different European capital. He'll speak tonight from Rome, Italy. So listen for Henry J. Taylor's penetrating analysis on Your Land and Mine over your ABC station. The Man from Homicide. According to Webster's Dictionary, homicide is the killing of one human being by another. According to Lieutenant Lou Dana... It's the beginning of a dirty, dangerous job. It doesn't end until a killer is found. I don't like killers. Every week at this time, the American Broadcasting Company brings you transcribed the star of stage and screen, Dan Durier, as Lieutenant Lou Dana, the man from Homicide. The dead are lonely people. They don't eat, drink, chase blondes, or hit the night spots. Nobody keeps them company. Their quarters are on the crude side. And when they've died violently, they don't look good. When they check in with homicide, they put in their time at the morgue. I wonder if the cold marble of the slabs ever bothers them. The sergeant standing next to me had surrounded himself with 300 pounds of fat. But even that couldn't keep the cold out. Lieutenant... 
Have a stick of gum, Dave? No, thanks. I don't like his looks. We will it? <laughs> he ain't exactly in the best of shape. 45 slug? Yep. In the back of the head. Somebody wanted to make very sure. When and where, Dave? A couple of kids stumbled across him in the park. Around 11 o'clock tonight. Kids? At 11? Uh, 18-year-old kids. Boy and a girl looking for a quiet place. They found a quiet place. They also found Wee Willie. What's the uh, medical examiner's guess as to time of death? Around 7 tonight, give or take an hour. Dinner time. But not for Willie. I'd seen Wee Willie. We got out of the morgue. The room I kept my desk in was warmer, but the chill was still in my bones. Dave. Yeah, Lieutenant. What was Willie Baines? Forty years ago, he was a kid in the slums. Ten years later, juvenile delinquent. And since then, petty larceny boy, small bookie, errand boy for the smart ones. Yesterday... The Crime Investigating Committee had him under subpoena. And tonight, under the sod. Who was he working for? Uh, we're not sure, Lou. What was the Crime Commission going to ask him about? The weather? Captain Kowaleski checked through on that. One of the men on the governor's staff stuck Willie Baines's name on the list. Well? Uh, but he had gone home. We'll get hold of him in the morning. Tonight. Uh, Lou. Yeah? man's name is Skyler. Old family and stuff. Well, I'll make sure my fingernails are clean. Yeah, it's late. He might be asleep. Well, he can be waked. He's political, Lou. I'll try not to hold that against him. Come on. I'll tell you a secret, Dave. I've decided not to run for president. The Schuyler place avoided its neighbors by several acres of manicured lawn and a high fence. The house itself was made of gray stone. Well-trained ivy framed the windows. The front door was so highly polished you could see your face in it. I needed a shave. Yes? She didn't need anything. She had it all. What do you want? Mr. Schuyler? It's late. It is? Well... My credentials. Lieutenant Dana... Homicide. Homicide? Come in. Mr. Schuyler's in his room. Uh, what did you want to see him about? It uh, might be simpler if I discussed it with him. I suppose you know what you're doing. We'll leave it at that. But I can't understand what connection there is between... between homicide and... Professional connection. Mr. Schuyler won't be pleased at being disturbed. We Willie wasn't pleased either. We Willie. A man with a priority at the moment. Well, if it's important. Why not let your husband decide? My <gasps> Where's his room? Quick. Down the hall, last door. Thanks. I went down the hall quick. The last door was standing open. Mr. Schuyler was wearing a silk dressing gown, leather bedroom slippers, and what looked like a smile on his thin lips, but wasn't. And two bullet holes in the head. An open window gave a fair view of the manicured lawns and the fence at the far end. Somebody was climbing it. 
He was over before my bullets got there. No! That fence is over a hundred yards away. Shh, shh, wait. Yeah. Now what? Hey. Skyler? I'd say so. Dead. He's got a right with two bullet holes in his head. Dave, when you I came in, did shots you... shots figured you might need me. And did you see a woman in evening dress? A woman? No. Come on. Mr. Schuyler will excuse us. Was there a woman here? Yeah, she made light conversation with me. Maybe because she thought I was a good conversationalist. Or maybe because she had to give a gunman time to shoot his gun off. I left her here. Uh, nobody around now. No. She must have ducked out when you came in. Who was she? I called her Mrs. Schuyler. Looks like I was wrong. Get on the phone. Notify the department, Dave. What'll I tell him? Tell him we Willie's getting company. The technical men showed up and got the routine underway. They found out that the corpse was Skyler, and they found out that the corpse was dead, and that was all. Dave and I went through the dead man's files and found nothing. Out on the lawn, the noise and the smell of gunpowder faded. He went over the fence right about here. Uh, maybe he dropped his calling card. There's not a thing around, Lou. Uh, I better take a look at the fence itself. Shoot your light up here, huh? Okay, Lieutenant. Uh, hold it now. Yeah. Well, there's rough stone on top. He must have hit it hard going over with my bullets singing behind him. Yeah. You got something, Lou? Mm, something. Yeah. Huh. Uncle Cloth. Half an inch by half an inch, maybe. Jagged edges. Could have been torn off his pants leg. Yeah, hardly enough to identify, Lou. That's for the lab to worry about. Dave, we're dead. I'd say. Baines was going to sing, and somebody objected to his solo and killed him. Skyler had picked Baines for investigation. He had something on his mind. Where's Skyler's mind now? Well, son, you're being rhetorical. The girl. What's a description worth? She had nothing that would make her different from half a million other girls except beauty. And that doesn't fit into a police report. None of it's any good, Lou. I know, Pappy. So let's feed this cloth to the lab, half an inch by half an inch. I wonder if there's enough to make a hangman's rope out of it. The lab was good. They had the cloth pattern tabbed in an hour. It was a tweed, an expensive tweed. Sketches were made up and every local mill questioned. It took them four hours to hit the mill that had woven the cloth. Twenty minutes for a list of tailors they'd ship bolts to in the city. By that time, it was the next day. And twelve cops pounded pavement visiting tailors. Maybe I slept while in the chair behind my desk. I must have slept because I saw the girl's face and heard her voice again. It was quite a voice. Hey, Lieutenant. Yeah, Pappy? You ever try sleeping? Sure. Didn't care for it much, though. You got something? Yeah, it's a maybe on one of the lists. Boy by the name of Stan Cochran bought a suit made out of that cloth two months ago. Keep going. Well, he's a Detroit boy. Had a little something to do with the Collier gang out there. The question is, what's he doing in this town? Uh-huh. You got an address? Yeah, Slocum Arms over on Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. That's nice, Dave. 
Go find a bed and lie down. Now, you've been gone just as long as I have. Sure, Pappy, but I don't have so much to carry around. You're dead on your feet. I'll let you know if Mr. Cochran ripped any suits recently. Once upon a time, Van Dyke had been a nice street where people got married, had kids, and died in bed. That was a long time ago. Now, drunks and dirt, blind pigs, houses, and uh, the Slocum Arms. A decaying palm and a cracked tub, cigar butts on the floor, and a quick turnover. Yeah? Stan Cochran. Stan, uh, who's that? Let's see your register. Give me a reason. I'm crazy about hotel registers. I don't like that reason. How about this? I don't like cops either. You and me both. The register. Okay. Thanks. That's funny. What is? All your customers got the same handwriting. Same? Oh, I can explain that. Go ahead. They can't write. Uh, uh. Let me go. Dan Cochran. Look, I'm telling you, the name ain't for me. Look at your hands. I'll wash him when I get home. Maybe he didn't feed you the right name. He's 28 years old, 5 feet 7 inches high, weighs around 160, brown hair, gray eyes, dresses a lot better than this dump would call for. Who is he? Oh. I don't recognize. What's the idea? Keep your hands away from that drawer. There might be a gun in it. Who is he? Well, I... Uh... Oh, oh. Shut up. Bend over towards me. We're holding a confidential chat like that. He's on his way out. What name did he use here? I don't know. You gave it away. What name? Steve Carter. Yeah. No imagination. Same initials. Gargle when you get home. Your throat will feel better. Goodbye. Mr. Cochran was wearing a tan gabardine. I admired it walking up Van Dyke. Half a block, and Mr. Cochran decided his gabardine was worthy of better places than Van Dyke. He hired a cab. I made my car, and Mr. Cochran and I went for a drive. Mr. Cochran paid his cab off and it left. I got out of the car and Mr. Cochran walked past the entrance to the orange turban. I ignored it too. Mr. Cochran picked out the first alley beyond the nightclub and went down it. I gave him time and sampled the alley myself. A thin trickle of moonlight picked out garbage cans, empty milk bottles... And Mr. Cochran knocking on a door at the end of the alley. The door was solid and bolted. I decided I'd use the front entrance to the orange turban. 
It was the kind of a place that had a cover charge. I wondered how Captain Kavaleski would feel about a cover charge. And then I had thoughts about Mr. Schuyler, and I didn't bother wondering. The head waiter had his doubts, but the place was open to the public. The table he gave me commanded a very good view of the wallpaper and the entrance to the gents' lounge. The girl playing the piano was like uh, half a million other girls, except she happened to be beautiful. The last time I'd seen her, we were in a gray stone house, and a man was about to die. This time... Good evening, Lieutenant Dana. If you say so. I'm Welsh. I own the turban. Hope you like it. Oh, I'm crazy about the wallpaper. The head waiter didn't recognize you. Now, if you'd like another table... Ah, this one will do. Lieutenant, I hope you're not here on business. I wouldn't know. Who's the piano player? The, oh, uh, Claire Mason. Beautiful, isn't she? And she even plays the piano. I'd like to meet her. Uh, I'll ask her. You pay her salary, tell her. Very well, Lieutenant. Hello. Mr. Welsh asked me to come. Sit down, Miss Mason. Thank you. It's even later. I beg your pardon? Than last night. I'm not sure last I know. Last night was the night we met at Mr. Schuyler's. At Mr. Schuyler's? Who is Mr. Schuyler, Lieutenant Dana? Oh, like that, huh? We, you and I have never met before. I wouldn't have forgotten if we had. You're very beautiful. And how did you spend last night between the hours of uh, 11 to 1, say? Why, I... Don't bother. You were here all the time. How many dead men have you ever seen? Uh, I don't think I've seen any. That's a shame. Everybody should see at least a few. Why? Then maybe more people than homicide would hate killers. Welsh got an office in the club? In the back of the building. Now, let's go visit him. I don't particularly want to. Your lawyer wouldn't be happy with your unwillingness. My, I don't have a lawyer. You will by the time you get to trial. I said let's go. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish, but... All right. I just want Welch to tell me that you were here all last night, too. It's through here. He'll tell you I was here. Now, I know he will. But once he tells me, you see, I'll have a couple of accessories. You and Welch. Accessories to... Murder. That's what it always is, isn't it? Would you mind? Oh. I uh, keep forgetting we first met in very high society. Sure. Lieutenant Dana. Yeah? Since Welsh will corroborate my story, what's there for you? Exercise. Look, Miss Mason, if this were a book, it might turn out that you uh, have a wicked twin sister. Or maybe somebody hypnotized you and the game you played at the Schuyler house wasn't your fault at all. But this isn't a book. We both know where you were last night. One of us knows exactly why. The other has a very good idea. Welch is on the other side of that door? Yes. You're looking at me as if I were a can of somebody's ideal dog food. Am I? Yes. You're wrong. I'm nobody's ideal. Not even a dog's. You sticking to your story? It, 
It's not a story. It's the truth. I've got just enough brains, Miss Mason, to know you're lying. I'm just enough of a fool to wish you weren't. Forget it. We go back to the script now. Keeps his door locked. Yeah. Go on, Miss Mason. Uh, it's Claire, Mr. Welsh, and the lieutenant. Oh, cute. What do you mean? Never mind. You know the answer to that one, too. Come in, come in. Just doing a little bookkeeping. Make yourselves comfortable. Thanks. Welch, where was Miss Mason at 11 o'clock last night? Claire? Why, here at the club, of course. And how do you know? Well, because I was here myself. How about 7 o'clock? Uh, 7? That one you need a minute for. Take it. I don't know what you mean. At seven, Claire and I were dining together. But she told we me We were that dining you... together. Oh, neat. Very neat. What restaurant? No restaurant, Lieutenant. Claire happens to be a very fine cook, and she's kind enough to invite me to dinner at her apartment. Then she's got more talents than one. Why, you... Piano playing. Lieutenant, if you're going to be nasty... What else can I be? Look at the company I keep. Miss Mason... You're buying one alibi from Welsh. Know what he's getting in return? Two alibis. Two? You know about Skyler. You were there. I've already told you I wasn't. Save it. Welsh offered to pull you out of that one by saying you were here. It'd be my word against a pair of you. You took his offer. In return for that, you've given him an alibi for 7 o'clock last night. We were together. What happened at 7 o'clock last night? A little man named Willie Baines had part of his head shot off with a forty-five. <gasps> oh, that one you didn't have down in your little book, huh? I, I didn't know. Claire, the man's trying to trap you. Shut up. I've got my right. How about Willie Baines's rights? How about Skyler's rights? I had nothing to do with them. Remember, Dana, you're not a jury. I remember that all the time. That's why I don't kill you. All right, Miss Mason. I have nothing to say. You've got lots to say. It went like this. Skyler was down here, saw you, decided your eyes held all the stars, and your lips were what a man dreams of. He also happens to be on the crime commission. He got hold of Willie Baines, and Baines decided to talk. About who? You know the answer to that one. Otherwise, you wouldn't have recognized Willie Baines' name when I threw it at you. I still have nothing... Let me... Baines was going to tie Welch in with the racket. Skyler told you. You worked for Welch, you told him. Mistaken loyalty or a cut in the profits? I work here, that's all. Thanks. It makes it a little cleaner. You told Welch, and Welch started moving. He hired a gunman from Detroit. First Willie Baines went at 7 o'clock. And then Skyler at 11. You were with Skyler at his house in evening dress. Well, maybe you didn't know the program for the evening. I didn't. Claire. That was for obstructing justice, Welch. Uh, I'm confused. Say the phony alibis work. Where does that leave you the minute Welch stops worrying about you? Oh, I don't care Where about does what... that leave you? Two dead men on your doorstep morning, noon, and night, waking and sleeping. Skyler, who loved you with two bullets in his head. Willie Baines, dead in Potter's Field. Oh, stop! Please stop it! All right, Lieutenant. Claire. I was at Skyler's, you know that. You saw me. It's seven. 
Well, well, the lights. Claire, get down. <laughs> Don't move. The boy from Detroit was around. Claire. I don't feel good. Let me look at... Yeah. Don't... Don't leave me! I'm not. It wasn't Welsh. I had my eyes on him. It was a Detroit gun boy. Emergency. Lieutenant Dana. An ambulance, quick. The Irons Turban Club, back room. Take care of that and then send a patrol car over. All right. Lieutenant, I don't feel... There'll be a doctor here pretty quick. What... What chance? You don't have to answer that one. I... I know. This isn't going to be easy. But, Miss Mason, I'm a cop from homicide. I got a duty to perform. What, what are you so worried about? I, I... I don't like it. I, there's a gimmick in the law. It says testimony by a witness not alive at the time of trial isn't admissible unless... The witness made the statement and signed it at a time when the witness knew he was dying. <laughs> then I'll make a very good witness, won't I? I'll write the dying declaration out. I, uh... <sighs> Name, Claire Mason. Where do you live? The Ardmore Hotel. Do you now believe you're... you're about to die? Yes. Have you no hope of recovery from the effects of the injury you've received? Isn't there any... any... No. I have no hope. I'll write the statement. You'll have to try to read it. <laughs> All right. It says what you said before. Yes. Give me the pen. That'll make up for Skylar and Willie. It'll make up. Oh, I, I think maybe now. Maybe now, Lieutenant. Yeah? The way you figured it out. I wasn't so bad, was I? You weren't so bad. But Lieutenant, you and I, we know, don't we, that really I was part of the... I don't know a thing except what's on this statement. Thanks, Lieutenant. Thanks. <laughs> she thanked me, and she died. It wasn't fair. Dead, she looked even more beautiful. I got out before the ambulance in the squad car. I got out of the room and down the hallway and to the door that opened out on the alley. 
I was late, but not too late. Welch and the gunboy Cochran would be waiting. They had to wait. Alive, I was their executioner. Dead, they'd be safe. I killed the hallway light. Slid the bolt open. Kicked the door wide. And headed for the dirt on the alley pavement. I picked number one by the flares of his gun. Welch. He hadn't expected me to come through the door that low. The gun boy had been smarter. He pulled in behind the stack of barrels he'd used as cover. We were going to have fun. Cochran, Welch is out. It's just you and me now. Come out. No? Then I'll come after you. You got the girl. A neat job, Cochran. Real neat. Not a word, Cochran. I'm coming after you. Not like Willie Baines, who tried to run. Not like Skyler, who didn't know it was coming. Me, you've got to take from the front, Cochran. But to do that, you know what, Cochran? You'll have to come out yourself. Stand up to it and take a chance. How about it, gun boy? How about it, killer? All right. I'm on the other side of the barrels. I'm kicking them over, and when they go down, we'll each have a shot apiece. Fair enough, gun boy. Fair enough, killer. No. No. I'm coming out. Here's my gun. Oh, shoot. Please, help. Please, don't, don't shoot. He crawled out on the dirty floor of the alley and cried. I didn't shoot him. They die harder and more often in the death cell. The boys arrived and washed the thing up. I went back to headquarters. I wrote up my report with pen and ink on white paper. I attached Miss Mason's dying declaration to my report and threw it in the outgoing basket. In due time, the district attorney would use it in a court of law, and a murderer would die. Fair enough. And Claire Mason, with the lights in her eyes and the warm lips, was dead. And would be forever dead, with all her beauty. I... I don't like killers. You have just heard Dan Durier as The Man from Homicide with Larry Dobkin as Dave. Anne Diamond was Claire J. Novello Welch. Music was by Basil Adlam. Homicide is transcribed, written by Lou Bitties, directed by Dwight Hauser. Be with us again next week, same time, over most of these same ABC stations to hear Dan Durier as the man from Homicide. Orville Anderson speaking. This program came to you from Hollywood. America is sold on ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a madam's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio.
Welcome back. Well, not my favorite investigation, but I think it was a little bit more uh, procedural uh, as opposed to uh, more hard-boiled like some of the other uh, episodes. And we got to see a lot more of Dana's tender side just because the death scene uh, took longer. And I think there was definitely a sincere sense of regret about what had happened. All right, well, now we have uh, listener comments and feedback now, and we're getting a lot of comments regarding Man from Homicide. Joey writes, I love the dialogue. You have to love lines like, I don't like killers. Uh, Jonathan says, this series reminds me a lot of The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. Really hard-boiled and no-nonsense. Can't wait to hear more. And uh, then I have a comment from Amy who writes, I really enjoyed Dan Durier after seeing him play all sorts of bad guys in films. This is a nice change. Uh, on the other hand, we also have a comment from uh, Kim who writes in, This show has the wrong title. It should be called If You Thought Mike Hammer Was the Biggest Jerk on Radio, Lieutenant Dana is here to ro to prove you wrong. But maybe that's a little long. How about fun with police brutality? Um, well, to be clear, uh, Mike Hammer actually uh, came after this, but so they couldn't have titled it based on that. But I, I do understand your point. And I, I think the challenge with Lieutenant Dana's tough guy act. I mean, he doesn't like killers, but it's not just killers that he gets tough with uh, in the course of his investigation. It's witnesses. It's people who don't necessarily know who did it uh, to start with. And uh, it's a challenge because unlike, say, Mike Hammer and some of the tougher uh private eyes, he actually does carry the badge. Uh, and I've, as I've said before, I think this is trying to have uh, Broadway's My Beat sort of vibe, but I don't think Danny, Danny Clover in the episodes I've heard of that has n not really gone so much in for the physical uh, intimidation. More uh, poetic uh, request for information uh, but, uh, I, yeah, it has some flaws, but I, I still think it's pretty enjoyable, but I appreciate all feedback sent regarding programs. All right. Uh, now some more, uh, listener comments. Uh, this one comes regarding, uh, replaying old programs. Mark writes, in comments after the latest episode of The Man from Homicide, the question of revisiting old episodes was again brought up. To my mind, the very nature of a podcast means that, should I wish to go back and revisit a show that's been played before, I can just go back and find the file. To play a show that's been played already means that something that hasn't played before is being supplanted, and that's not what I want. Uh, I'm not here talking about newly discovered episodes of a previously run series, as is the case with The Man from Homicide. Uh, please cast my vote for keeping things fresh and directing those who want to listen to previously run episodes to the archives. Well, Mark, I definitely appreciate your view, and you're right that you can, you know, go to greatdetectives.net and listen to any series that we've played. 
Um, I think the the great uh, challenge here, and we pretty much maintain doing that for, uh, you know, we're in our ninth season, and the only series we ever replayed was uh, Pat Novak for Hire, and that was to give some emphasis as we were introducing Dragnet onto the great detectives of old-time radio, in the contrast that radio listeners would hear as, uh, in fact, they went through a period where they were hearing both Pat Novak and Dragnet. Will that change as uh, we go on? I think it will, probably will, uh, and there are a couple of reasons why. The first is that um, my best uh, guesstimate of the number of episodes that we have uh, left uh, outside of the unplayed episodes of the series that we're currently playing is that we've got uh, about 800 to 1,000 episodes left, which, you know, at this point, we've played about 2,500 uh, episodes. So we're uh, more than, uh, I would say, more than uh, 75% through uh, the existing stock of, uh, of, of great detective programs that are out there. So eventually we would get to the point where if the podcast continued, and I really would like it to, we would be playing things that we'd be, uh, we played previously. And I'd rather have some mix of fresh and stuff that we'd played before. Uh, so that's one consideration. Another is just drawing uh, new listeners uh, to the podcast. You know, certain series are draws. They're the type of thing that people will search for and they'll stumble upon and they'll start listening to the whole series. And just in terms of like search engine optimization purposes that we played something eight, nine years ago, you know, is not going to be as good as something that we played more recently uh, for generating traffic and getting new listeners on the site. People also approach the podcast in different ways. Uh, some people, you know, realize that this is, you know, a whole lot of files and they can pretty much go online or, you know, if they've got the, uh, Apple app, they can go and they can listen to almost anything that we've ever played. And they go through and they kind of do the binge watch thing um, only with uh, binge listening and go through, you know, thousands of episodes of the uh, program. And some people will go through the archives and search for things that. Uh, they have uh, played before, but for some people, this is the, th the thing. They will listen to all the episodes in the main podcast feed, uh, which I think our, our archive goes back about 200, 300 episodes that you can get off of the main feed. And then, you know, after that, they listen daily to what comes in. And they really don't want to be bothered with digging through archives or other feeds to find the previous uh, episodes. This is what they listen to. This is what 
uh, they want to hear and, you know, it's part of their day and part of their routine. So they may not be inclined or have the particular uh, know-how to go back, you know, over the whole series. And I've also, I, you know, really when I started the, the series back uh, around my 29th birthday, I really had, I think, somewhat of a different perspective on rerun material at all uh, because I, I simply just did not want to ever do it. I kind of bristled too at the whole allegation the show was about nostalgia. And it's like these are not programs I'd ever, you know, heard before. And so uh, the episodes I played were pretty much always, unless it was a series that I had listened to all the way through, I would get to a point where all of the episodes were truly new, new to me. And, uh, you know, getting that new experience. But one thing I've come to realize is that you can listen to or watch or read something um, that you've already read before a few years back, and you can still get a new experience because even though the work that uh, you're uh, taking in hasn't changed you have changed over the years and so there is a new experience in that so you know if uh, we rerun a series that well, we we played you know back in 2010 or 2011 well you know I've uh, uh, changed life's changed and I'll be approaching it uh, differently than I would have back uh, way back then and to be clear I definitely want to maintain as much of a mix of a material that is uh, new and fresh to long-time listeners but just the realities of the number of programs uh, left to do and the number of episodes uh, does kind of limit that so um, I appreciate uh, people's, you know, understanding, and we'll do our best to uh, care for uh, our list to all, all as many of our listeners' needs as we possibly can. Thanks so much for the question, Mark. And then we got another question. I forget the source. Can't find the email or tweet or Facebook message to save my life. So I apologize. I don't have your name or the exact. Uh, question and it was about uh whether we would consider running the whistler um and if the reluctance around that would be because the whistler was not really a detective uh and yeah that would be one of my big he hesitations with uh running the whistler it's a very different sort of genre. Although there was one early episode of The Whistler, which actually could have been a detective story. I also do think that just the general tone of The Whistler, it's something that I can appreciate, but probably not something I could appreciate every week and there are about 10 years worth of uh, episodes so 
that's not really a series that would fit our profile, and I don't think I would consider doing it as a separate uh, series for months on end. It just can get a bit too dark for a bit too long, although there are some lighter episodes of The Whistler out there. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the question, uh, but, uh, yeah, Whistler would not be something that would fit with uh, the format of the program. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here uh, tomorrow for rocky jordan and then next tuesday it's another episode of the man from homicide in the meantime send your comments to box 13 at greatdetectives.net follow us on twitter at radio detectives and become one of our friends on facebook facebook.com slash radio detectives from boise idaho this is your host adam graham signing off